gospel according to Matthew chapter 2. I'm going to just begin reading at verse 1. And I want to tell you just how much it's hard to put into words, but I just really love you. I love Tree of Life Church. Sometimes it can get emotional thinking about just how resilient of a congregation this is. 2020 has been a challenging year, but I'm going to tell you this church is built on a rock. And we give God the praise, and I thank you for your faithfulness to God. Hallelujah. You know, many souls have been saved in 2020. Many people filled with his spirit, washed in his blood. To God be the glory. Many healings have taken place in 2020. Don't let the headlines rule the day. These are the headlines. I saw also the Lord high and lifted up. And his train filled the temple. Hallelujah. And we give God the praise for it. Matthew chapter 2, beginning with verse 1. Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born, king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. When Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. And they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, And thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, art not the least among the princes of Judah. For out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had privately called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child. And when you have found him, bring me word again that I may come and worship him also. When they had heard the king, they departed. And lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they were coming to the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way. I want to speak to you today on the subject, the wisdom of the wise men. The wisdom of the wise men. Hallelujah. Could we just lift up our voices together again and ask the Lord's blessing upon the remainder of today's service. Lord, I thank you for your holy word. There's just a comfort, Lord, in opening these sacred pages, knowing that you will speak to us knowing that you will hearken to our prayer. I pray today, O oh God, that you will hear us and let us hear you and let us be edified by the words you speak. Let your messenger be a pure vessel, Lord, that can be a correct voice, an accurate voice, a voice of boldness and love, Lord, that will deliver the truth of your word. I pray today in Jesus' name for these things and ask them, Lord, in faith believing. And everybody said, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. There is this passage of Scripture that is found in the book of Ecclesiastes that just really gets to me and it's one of my favorite it's one of my favorite little stories and it's not a well-known story but it's it's tucked neatly into the passages of the old ecclesiastical book ecclesiastes chapter 9 and it it talks about a wise man verse 14 says there was a little city and few men within it that's, that's, a, that's a little city with very few people inside of it. And there came a great king against it, 
and besieged it and built great bulwarks against it. Seems like a pretty hopeless situation. It's a little city with few men and a great king comes against this city and besieges this city and builds great bulwarks against this city. Now, there was found in this little city where few men were a poor, wise man. And he, by his wisdom, delivered the city. I just love that passage of scripture. It's just a couple of verses, but there's this little city with very few men in it. And then there's this great king who wages war against this city and, and he brings a great army against it and he builds great bulwarks against it. And while there were few men in the city, one of those men was a poor but wise man. And he, by his wisdom, delivered the city. The scripture said, yet no man remembered that same poor man. Nobody even recalled his name. Not even the writer of the book of Ecclesiastes bothers to mention his name. He just simply was a poor, wise man who delivered a little city with few men in it, and he did it by his wisdom. Wisdom is a powerful quality. The Bible goes on to say, Wisdom is better than strength. The poor man's wisdom is despised and his words are not heard. The words of wise men are heard in quiet though more than the cry of him that ruleth among fools. Wisdom is better than weapons of war. Wisdom is better than weapons of war. Wisdom is better than strength. Wisdom, the book of Proverbs said, is better than rubies. It's of greater value than rubies. It, there is no jewel or gem you could find or sell that, that, that can equate with the value that comes from wisdom. The Bible says that wisdom is the principal thing. The Bible said that the wisdom of this world is actually foolishness. But that, that what the world calls foolish is actually wisdom, which is the wisdom of God. And so you and I have to understand that we need a revival of wisdom. Our world is in desperate need of wisdom. Our world is in desperate need of common sense, let alone knowledge, understanding, and wisdom. But we are in tremendous need of wisdom. Jesus exalted the, exalted the qualities of wisdom in his teachings. As a matter of fact, he told this account of a, the, the disparity between a wise man and a foolish man who were building houses. The wise man built his house upon a rock. The foolish man built his house upon the sand. Now, the, the Bible doesn't really go into any detail as to the, the houses themselves. It doesn't, it doesn't give us the square footage. It doesn't tell us the, the length, the breadth, the depth of, this, of these houses. It doesn't give us their addresses, but the man who built his house upon the sea built his house upon the sand. And the Bible describes a day when a storm came, and these houses were built on purpose where they were built. Now, I don't know what the foolish man's house looked like. It could have been magnificent. It could have been absolutely stunning could have been beautiful. Maybe it wasn't. We don't know. But I do know it doesn't matter. Because when the storm came, it did not stand. But the wise man built his house upon a rock. And when the same storm that brought down the house of the foolish man 
encountered the house of the wise man. It had no power. It was not superior. In fact, it was inferior because of where the house was built and how the house was built and upon the rock the house was built. Oh, hallelujah. I, I hope we understand today who that rock is. Glory to God. Jesus, like the wise man, built his church upon the rock and said the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. Hallelujah. Amen. And, and, and one place the Bible said that rock followed them and that rock was Christ. You've got to put your feet upon the rock. If you're wise, you will. That's what Jesus was teaching, that the wise man builds his house upon that which will stand the test of time. Hallelujah. You know, you got to be careful with things that are contemporary. you got to be careful with contemporary things. Emphasis on the word temporary. We think it's, if it's contemporary, it's state of the art. Yeah, emphasis on the word temporary. You want the things that are timeless. You want the things that will stand regardless. Hallelujah. Another place Jesus described ten virgins, ten virgins who all had in common with one another their purity and their innocence. And the Bible said they were awaiting the cry of the bridegroom. And, and, and they were separated, though, into two different uh, categories, those who were wise and those who were foolish. Those who were wise and those who were foolish. This very designation would be alarming. Which category do I fall into? They're all pure. They're all innocent. They're all clean before God. They're all virgins. This, this is true. They all share that in common. Yet there were five of them who were wise. And there were five of them who were foolish. And what quantified or qualified those to be wise is the fact that they took oil with them in their lamps. They thought it through and said, the night is far spent. They thought it through and considered that, that the hour is growing late. I'm going to be there through the night. And if my lamp were to go out, then I'll have nothing to light my way. They were wise and said, I'm going to take oil with me in my lamp so that the light will last me through the night. The five foolish were those who took no oil with them. They had no reserve. So when the night came, there was nothing to light their path. You know, they didn't realize they had been foolish until the night came. There are many people who didn't know they were, they were foolish until the storm came. Many people didn't know they were foolish until the night came. But if you let the Word of God be your guide, the Word of God will teach you what is wisdom. The Word of God will teach you what is sound. The Word of God will show you the way and, and say, this is the way. Walk ye in it. Hallelujah. Ecclesiastes 4 and 13 said, Better is a poor and a wise child than an old and foolish king who will no more be admonished. This is coming from a king who is older his name is Solomon he's older and he said listen I've got all kinds of wealth I have all kinds of power I have a lot of people who answer to me he's saying I am rich I'm increased with goods and and let me tell you better than that is to be wise if I were a powerless child who was in poverty but had wisdom, I would be at a greater advantage than an old and foolish king with everything at his fingertips but would not be admonished. This is from a man who at 19 years of age prayed in a dream he prayed. He prayed to the Lord. He said, Lord, I know not how to go out and how to come in before your people. He said, I am following in the footsteps of the greatest warrior, my father David, who ever lived. 
He was the man after God's own heart. He was the sweet psalmist of Israel. He was the king of Israel. You had a special relationship with him, and he had a special relationship with Israel. I'm 19 years old. I don't know what I'm doing. Please, Lord, give me. And, and, and what comes next is of vital importance. He could have asked for anything. There were many, many things he needed. There were many deficiencies that he had. But somewhere inside of him was this knowledge that if God would just give him wisdom, hallelujah, everything else would take care of itself. He knew that if God would just give me an understanding heart, and so that's what he asked God for. He said, Lord, if you will give me an understanding heart, if you will give me wisdom, and you know what the Lord told him? The Lord said, because you have asked for wisdom, I will give it to you. And then he said this, because you have not asked for riches, I'll give that to you as well. Because you have not asked for longevity, I'll give that to you also. Because you have not asked for power, I will give that to you as well. It's a powerful principle. Now, we understand we have not because we ask not. And we understand that if you ask anything in his name according to his will, he will do it. Now, we understand those principles, but it has to come from the right spirit. It has to come with the right motive. It has to be from a, a correct perspective. And God looked at Solomon's heart and said, because you have asked for the right thing and you have asked for the right reasons and you have not asked for things you needed for the right reasons I'm going to give you the things that you need and I'm going to give you the wisdom to get them and his wisdom spread abroad the fame of his wisdom spread throughout the world famously the queen of Sheba came from the uttermost parts of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon and when she came, she brought caravans, caravans, wagon trains, caravans of spices and many precious jewels with her to, to give him as gifts. And when she arrived, now I don't know what she heard that brought her from the uttermost parts of the earth, but when she arrived, she said, whatever I heard was motivation enough to bring me from the uttermost parts of the earth. But when I got here, nothing could have prepared me for what I was about to see. She said, the half has not been told. You know what she actually said? She said, happy are thy servants. That shocked her. Happy are thy servants. The half has not been told. That word happy there means blessed and prosperous. And she looked at the servants of Solomon and said, blessed and prosperous are your servants. She said, you're not like other kings. Other kings live in palatial mansions for themselves, but their servants are, are, are enslaved and impoverished, but not here. She said, you're a righteous king. And she said, happy are your servants. They're blessed they're prosperous hallelujah that's the kingdom of God ladies and gentlemen there's blessing and there is prosperity and there is happiness happy is the people whose God is the Lord hallelujah you say well I, I, I don't feel so prosperous right now I'm struggling with this notice notice that the wise man who delivered the city wasn't just wise he was wise and he was poor but by his wisdom he delivered the city you let God continue to baptize you with wisdom he will supply all your needs he'll give you everything that you need nothing shall be withholding you no good thing shall be withholding you Every good and perfect gift cometh down from the Father of lights in whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. I'll tell you what else comes down from the Father. The wisdom that is from above. The wisdom is from above. It is first peaceable, pure and peaceable. Hallelujah. And gentle and easy to be entreated. Glory to God. This is the wisdom of the Lord. And and so Jesus explained it, and so did the apostles. The apostles said, look, 
We need somebody to, to take upon the work of God because the work of God has spread thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people were receiving the word of God gladly and the church was growing and multiplying. They had gone from just 120 people in an upper room and now thousands, tens of thousands of people were being added unto the church and, and, and people were starting to be neglected with, with no ill will or malintention, but they needed administration. And when the apostles began to administrate, they said, search out among you seven men who are full of the Holy Ghost and full of wisdom. If we want this done right, there has to be wisdom involved. If we want things to be administered properly, there has to be wisdom. You can't do anything for God without wisdom. You need wisdom at the base of everything. You need wisdom in the way you handle yourself as a husband. You need wisdom in the way you handle yourself as a wife. You need wisdom in the way you handle yourself as a citizen. You need a wisdom in the way that you handle yourself in a friendship, any relationship with your children or with your parents. You need wisdom with your money you need wisdom on your job you need wisdom so that you may be able to answer every man having your speech hallelujah seasoned with salt let your speech be always with grace this is wisdom this is the wisdom of God and and so wisdom affects every part of our life and 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 right here in the middle of the Bible at the birth of Christ are men known for their wisdom they are called wise men. Not just wise deeds did they do here or there, but, but their whole character, their whole nature is considered to be that of wisdom. And we see some things that are telltale signs that these are men of wisdom. I want to just point out to you some of the things that let us know these are wise men. They come from the east. Many believe they came from Persia. I'm Persian. Now, I'm not saying I'm wise. But if you want to draw that conclusion, you know. No, I am kidding. These were wise men. And they came from the east. They came to Jerusalem. And they talked to Herod the Great. They talked to Herod the King. And when they came... They talked to him about a king, a king of the Jews that had been born in Jerusalem. And the Bible said that when he heard it, he was troubled. Now I want you to notice their first act of wisdom. Their first act of wisdom was that they came from the east. They came from wherever they were. Didn't matter where they had been located. Didn't matter their origin. Didn't matter where they had lived. They came from the east. And they came all the way to Jerusalem. That's the first act of wisdom that lets us know the wisdom of the wise men. And that would be a wise thing for you to do today. To come from wherever you are. Doesn't matter your origin. Doesn't matter what direction you're coming from. The song said, from the north, east, and west, they shall gather. From the south, too, a host shall arise. Then the children of Abraham shall enter to hold a reunion in the skies. We're going to walk through the streets of that city. I don't know where you come from. I don't know what you've done. I don't know where you've been. I don't know what your background is, what your circumstances are. But I will tell you, if you want wisdom to lead your life and to bless your family you will come from wherever you are to worship Jesus Christ hallelujah I'm to listen this gospel that we're preaching this is not a buffet gospel where you take a little bit of Jesus and a little bit of Buddha and a little bit of Muhammad and get a little helping of new age mysticism no no that's not the kind of thing we're talking about we're talking about come out from among them and be separate saith the Lord the gospel of Jesus Christ is a gospel where you take up your cross and you follow him. You leave aside everything. You abandon everything. You walk away from your opinions. You walk away from your speculation. You walk away from your conjecture. You repent from your sins. 
You don't, you don't justify your habits. You don't seek to try to, to, to make excuses for why you continue in sin. You certainly don't seek out a church that will condone your sinful activities. You certainly don't seek out some false prophet that will make you feel good about your sinful habits and your sinful activities. You come from wherever you are. You leave it all behind and say... I've come to worship the king of the Jews. I've come to magnify the Lord. Hallelujah. We call it old-time religion. We call it old-fashioned living. We call it an old-fashioned gospel. You know, it's really not old-fashioned, and it's not old-time. People consider it old-time because folks don't like to do it anymore. But it's still the only way the gospel works. The gospel isn't working for you because you're holding on to a past life. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. All things are become new. Our problem, our problem is that we want all that good stuff about Jesus and we want to hold on to things about ourselves. I mentioned to you that I'm Persian. When I came into Christ, that's just who I am physiologically. But this corruptible shall put on incorruption. You understand what I'm saying? It's this fallen part of me. It's this broken part of me that has a Persian lineage. You hear what I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen? When I was buried in Christ, you you know the reason we use the word buried? Not just because we are immersed. We are immersed, baptizo, immersed, buried. But the burial context of baptism has, has in it, inherent in it, the death involved with being baptized in Jesus name we die when we repent of our sins and we bury that old man in the waters of baptism when we're buried in the name of Jesus Christ and when I'm buried in his name Joel ceases to live and Jesus lives inside of me I walk in newness of life I refuse to let this world send me back into the bondage, the captivity of my human thinking where I feel like I don't have liberty in Christ. He has made me free. Free from sin and shame. He has made me free. He has made me free. So, so, so we leave everything. That's wisdom. It's foolishness to think you can serve Christ. And not leave everything behind. No, no. You can take this whole world. I don't want its riches. Hallelujah. Did you hear what I said? I don't want this world's riches. And I believe, I believe that the people of God are the most blessed of all people. I believe we have dominion and authority. I believe it is God's will for him to bless you and to increase you and to multiply you even financially. It is, it, 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 is, it is something that happens when you put your faith in God and you trust in God and you give unto the Lord. That's something that happens, but it doesn't come from this world. It comes from God. I don't want the riches of this world. I want the blessing of the Lord. It is the blessing of the Lord that maketh rich and addeth no sorrow. Hallelujah. The first thing they did that shows us they had such wisdom was they came from wherever they were and they worshiped Jesus. When they got there, Herod was troubled. He hears all this talk about the king of the Jews and he's so distressed and he starts to talk to the chief priests and the scribes. See, Herod's father was was an Edomite and many of the Edomites converted to Judaism. Herod understood much of Judaism and, and the Bible said that He talked with the chief priests and the scribes 
And, and when he talked to them, he said, now remind me, where is this Messiah going to be born? They said he's going to be born in Bethlehem. The prophet Micah said he would be born in Bethlehem and that he would rule the people, Israel. And when Herod heard this, he went back to the wise men and said, now tell me, what time did you see that star appear? And they're talking to him about when the star appeared. He said, now listen, when you find the child, I want you to tell me where the child is because I want to worship him also I want to worship him also and the wise men leave his presence and they go to find the child they're following the star hallelujah when they saw the star they rejoiced with exceeding great joy they had seen the star where they were before they started their journey that's what started their journey then the star lands and settles over Bethlehem and when they saw the star they rejoiced with exceeding great joy and when they were come into the house they saw the young child with Mary, hallelujah, the virgin who had conceived and brought forth the child, the virgin who the Holy Ghost had overshadowed, and she brought forth this child whose name would be called Emmanuel, God, hallelujah, with us. And the Bible said that when they opened their treasures, they found them and they fell down. I love it. They fell down. These are wise men. These are rich men. These are kings of the earth. They fell down in his presence. That's another act that lets us know the wisdom of the wise men. Didn't matter how big they were in their world. They fell down when they saw that child and they worshiped him. Didn't matter what job title they had at the company. When they came into the presence of that holy child, they fell down and they worshiped him. Come on, man. Come on, man. Be a man of God. Fall down in the presence of the Lord and worship him. I'm going to tell you something. If you want your family to live for the Lord, they need to see you praising God. They need to see you worshiping God. Don't be so big and so bad, so rough and so tough that you can't worship him who is above all and through all and in you all. Hallelujah. There's wisdom in it. There's wisdom in it. I want my family, I want everybody who knows me to see me with tears streaking my face. Doesn't matter how big or how bad I think I am. He's holy. He's worthy. He's mighty. He's greater than all. He's greater than all. <laughs> Hallelujah. Didn't matter how wise they were. Didn't matter how much they thought they knew. Didn't matter how much book learning they had achieved. When they came into the presence of that holy child, they fell down and they worshipped him. They fell down. I know everybody's got their own way of worshipping and I'm not criticizing that. But they didn't just fold their hands. And they didn't just close their eyes. They became undignified. Like David was undignified when he danced before the Lord. Hallelujah. Look, I know we're apostolic Pentecostal, and, and folks that have never been to an apostolic Pentecostal service, they, they may be a little uh, disarmed by the way we worship God. We weren't always this way. It wasn't until we knew how amazing His grace is. It wasn't until we knew how, how He would pick us up out of our lowest degree, and He would transform our life. It wasn't until we called on Him in the midnight hour, and He heard our cry. That's why we praise him the way we praise him. Woo, he's a good God. He's a good God. And I'll fall down wherever I am and worship him. Uh, the wisdom, the wisdom of these wise men. The Bible said they opened their treasures these, these treasures they had worked all of their life to accumulate. These treasures that they had tucked away, protected, hidden from thieves, hidden from those who would pry. Treasures, those most things most valuable to them 
in his presence. They opened their treasures and they gave unto him gifts. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Do you know, do you know why we traditionally in a nativity scene you'll see three wise men? There, is, there could have been a, a hundred of them, honestly. We have no idea how many wise men there were. We say there were three, or we pretend there were three, because there were three gifts that were given. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. So we've just neatly handed in our nativity portrayals, we've neatly handed each gift to one wise man. But in reality, it, it, it could have been a hundred or fifty or however many who brought three gifts each. We, that gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Some of the most valuable stuff you could find in that day. Some of the most intricately developed, meticulously developed, uh, 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 it developed material, myrrh and frankincense and gold. It was hard to come by. They brought the best things they had. That's wisdom. Bring him the best thing you've got. Bring him everything. None of it compares to him. But bring him what matters most to you. Bring him what means the most to you. I'm going to tell you, we have seen in the last two and a half years, we have seen the miracles of God explode upon tree of life church because people have opened their treasures and they've given to the ready now campaign and they know and understand that if I give it unto the Lord the Lord will bless it he'll break it he'll multiply it he'll feed the multitudes hallelujah and I'll go home with something better than I brought that's the way God works wise men understand this wise men know this they open their treasures unto him and they just say take it all have everything have everything nothing I have can satisfy me all that I have belongs unto you O Lord hallelujah these are wise men they fell down they worshipped him they came from wherever they were didn't matter and they worshipped him they opened their treasures of gold and frankincense and myrrh, and they worshipped him. But perhaps the wisest thing they did came at the conclusion of their place in the scriptures. They returned not to Herod. They were going to. They were going to go back. They had been in his presence. What an honor. He's the king. The trappings. He paid such special attention to them. And, and, and said to them such glowing things about the holy child. He spoke authoritatively about the things of of God. He even talked to them about where the child was born. And he was interested as to their spiritual experience of seeing the star and they had this very unique connection to Herod and Herod treated them like kings and and it was this wonderful experience but but Herod was Herod was not what he seemed Herod had a plot in mind Herod was going crazy. He was killing everybody. He was coming to the end of his life. And he was killing people that he loved. He was losing his sanity. History tells us that Herod the Great became barbarous at the end of his life. And he issued the edict that the children must be killed. This man was losing his bearings. But you couldn't tell it in that brief encounter they had with him. And so many times people of God can be led astray by voices who pretend to worship Jesus. So many times people of God can be led astray by the trappings of this world, by the trappings of this world system pretending to be empathetic about what you want to experience on a spiritual level. Herod doesn't want to worship Jesus. Herod's trying to kill Jesus. This, listen to what I'm telling you. 
Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. His delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. Hallelujah. His leaf also shall not wither. Glory to God. And whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. That's the blessed man. But too many times we go back. We go back. They didn't go back. They didn't go back to Herod. Herod's not the only one. Herod the Great was the one they wouldn't go back to. But when Herod the Great died, his son, Herod Archelaus, the Bible says Joseph was going to go back when Herod the Great died. But when he heard that Herod Archelaus was was now the king, he wouldn't go back. He left and went to, Nath to Galilee so that it would be said, concerning this Messiah that he came from Nazareth. He went back to Nazareth. And the Bible says that Herod Archelaus, when he was done, Herod Antipas entered the picture. When Herod Antipas entered the picture, all part of the same family lineage. When Herod Antipas entered the picture, he's the one who ordered the execution of John the Baptist. Yeah, he, the Bible said he gladly received the word of John the Baptist. He appreciated John's ministry. He valued John's ministry. But he appreciated Herodias' daughter dance more than he appreciated John the Baptist's ministry. And that's the way this world works. When it push comes to shove, it matters more to them the lust of their flesh than the word of God. Don't you fall into that trap. You esteem this greater riches than anything. You esteem his word more than your necessary meat. You esteem the words of his law. Hallelujah. Above the riches of this world. Moses chose rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season because he esteemed the reproaches of Christ to be greater riches than all the riches of Egypt. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. No, no, no. I'm not going back to Herod the Great. I'm not going back to Herod Archelaus. I'm not going back to Herod Antipas. Not going back to Herod Agrippa the First. You know Herod Agrippa the First was the one that was standing. This is this is now multiple generations, same family. Herod Agrippa the First is the one who stood before the people and made a great oration. And the people began to chant, This is the voice of a God and not of a man. And the Lord struck him dead on the spot, and the worms ate his body. Herod Agrippa II listened to the apostle Paul preach the gospel of Jesus Christ through and through, fully and completely. And while he sat there listening, he concluded the message by saying, Almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. Herod Agrippa I imprisoned Peter and he beheaded James. Herod Agrippa II said, Almost you persuaded me to be a Christian. Herod Antipas beheaded John the Baptist. Herod Archelaus, Joseph knew he was a tyrant and ran for his life with his family. Herod the Great pretended to want to worship Jesus, the King of the Jews. You be careful. You be careful when you start putting your confidence in this world system instead of in the kingdom of Almighty God. They know how to talk the talk. They know how to sound like the voice of a God and not a man. They know how to gladly receive the word of John the Baptist. They know where Jesus was born, when Jesus was born, and they'll tell you they want to worship him. But you be careful. Don't return. Once you see Jesus, it will take away every desire you have to want to return to your old life. You've just got to see Jesus. That's what the Bible said. When the wise men saw Jesus, they did not return to Herod. They were warned of God in a dream. Why go back to Herod when I've already seen the king? Why go back to the way I used to act? Why go back to the way I used to fear? Why go back to the way I used to think? Why go back to the way I used to doubt? Why go back to the way I used to sin? I've seen Jesus and that's all I ever need again.
Hallelujah. Somebody lift your hands and praise him. Come on, lift your hands and praise him. Lift your voice and praise him. Come on, I need some wise men and women who know who Jesus is to praise his name. Come on and praise his name. Not everybody knows who he is. But the wise, they know who he is. Come on, let's stand together and lift up holy hands unto the Lord. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Glory to the name of Jesus. Glory to the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Let me tell you something. It didn't just start in 2020, but every time we get a chance, we are committed to exalting the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. In the highways and in the byways, in the pulpit, in the pew, at work, at home, at school, everywhere we can, we're going to lift up the name that's above every name. Glory to God in the highest. Blessed be the name of the Lord. He alone is worthy. He alone is holy. This is what Jesus said. He said, if I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men unto me. That's exactly what we saw with the wisdom of the wise men. They were drawn from the uttermost parts of the earth. They were drawn from afar. And they came from wherever they were to worship the king. I wonder if somebody can just lift up your voice unto God right now and worship the king. Hallelujah. Worship the Lord of glory. Worship he who sits upon the throne. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I don't know where you were before this service started. Hallelujah. But go ahead and come from it. Come from it. Come from wherever you were and lift up his holy name. Come from wherever you were and lift up his holy name. Were you steeped in doubt or depression? Come on from that and worship his holy name. Were you steeped in fear? Were you steeped in false doctrine? Come from that and worship his holy name. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, somebody, lift up your hands unto the Lord. I wonder if there's a wise man or a wise woman who can come and fall down and worship him. I wonder if there's somebody who can lay their riches aside and say, Lord, I open my treasures unto you. I wonder if there's somebody who can say, Lord, everything I have belongs unto you. I hold nothing back. I hold nothing back. You and you alone are worthy of the praise. You and you alone are worthy of the honor. You and you alone are worthy. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, that's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. If you want to come, you're welcome to come. I understand if you'd feel more comfortable in your seat. But if you want to come, you're more than welcome to come. In the name of Jesus. Come on, that's it. Let's seek his face together. When was the last time you did something wise? Are you that foolish virgin who didn't take oil in their lamp? Are you that foolish man who built his house on the sand and it's been rocking and reeling? Come on, lay that down before the Lord right now. There's a second chance right now. There's a second chance. Woo, there's a second chance. Come on, that's it. Let's practice some wisdom today.
Oh, man.